Hello, my name is Andrew, and welcome to the Project Dental Podcast, where we talk all things dental and help take your dream practice and make it a reality. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing and check us out on all social medias. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the second episode of the Project Dental Podcast. I'm here with Wally and Quinn. What's going on, guys? Hey, what's up, Andrew? Hello. Quinn, Hello. how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> he just is not excited. Um, hey, do me a favor. Yeah. Before we get started today, will you tell them about the free stool giveaway and how they get entered for that? Yes, I will. <laughs> On the previous episode, we stated that you can enter to win it. We're giving away a free dental stool. Yeah, we've got a we've got a dental stool from one of our manufacturers. It's brand new in the box. Got black ultra leather upholstery on it. So in order to gain entries into this giveaway, you can like our Facebook pages and leave them a review. There's three of them. The Project Den- the Project Dental, Mid-South Dental Equipment Company, and Dental, dental Construction. Yeah, it's good that we got Andrew doing this. Yeah, <laughs> dental so. Dental Office Construction Services. Yeah, so go to Dental Office Construction Services. Yes. Go to Mid-South Dental Equipment Company. And, and go to the Project Dental. Go to our Facebook pages for yeah. each one of them. Go to our Instagram pages for each one of them. And like them, review them, and share them. And every time you do, it it's an enter, it enters you in for the, the free stool. And then lastly, go subscribe to this podcast and give us a review on that as well. And it enters you. Awesome. So, Mr. Wally, what are we getting into today? Quinn, did we, did we leave anything out on that? Nope. Covered it all. <laughs> Again. <laughs> um, Andrew, look. Uh, so, the... Biggest project that a doctor is ever going to undertake in his or her career is going to be building a new office. Uh, and that's going to be, you know, whether they're building it from the ground up or whether they're doing a complete remodel, whether they're doing a um, whether they're doing a, a tenant build out where maybe they're rented a place or a strip center and they're building it out. Uh, but that's that's going to be the biggest project. Um as part of their overall practice. And, and so, so these, first, these first few segments we're going to do, we're going to kind of dissect different parts of those. Um, and, you know, when it all starts, the first thing they've got to do is they've got to put a team of people together. I mean, that's, it's only going to happen by putting that right group of people together. Um, and, and so today we're going to start out by talking about assembling that team and and who needs to be on that team why they need to be on that team Uh, obviously uh most important person on that team is the doctor themselves uh without without the doctor none of this matters right uh so once you've got the doctor uh, then what you really want to do is you want to find a good experienced uh dental office designer uh consultant you know someone with specific uh, experience with dental offices. Um, what you what you don't want to do is uh, build a building and then try and figure out how do I put a dental office in this? How do I put dental equipment in this? There is a lot of specific planning that needs to go. I you know I, I tell people find a dental office designer first and let them walk you through the process of identifying how you like to practice, right? Uh, Because that's the knowledge that they're going to have. They're going to understand the nuances of practicing dentistry. 
because we need to identify how the doctor likes to practice and where they want their equipment placed in their operatory, which is the moneymaker. That's where they spend their time, the majority of their time. Um, and then once we identify that and where to position things within that operatory, we can then build the rest of the practice to flow around that. So it's got a proper flow uh, throughout the process. Once we've designed a, and done the space planning, then uh, the next person that needs to be involved is an architect in some cases. I get that question a lot. Do I need an architect? And the answer is uh, maybe. I mean, I'm not going to say code or, uh, you know, any specific law is going to require in every case that you have an architect. Um, however, understand what an architect brings to the table. Um, if, um, you know, that if without an architect, uh, it is incumbent on the customer, the doctor, to communicate to that contractor who's doing the building exactly what you want, all right? And that's what an architect does, right? Uh, uh, most, most of the time in dental office design, most of them stop right there and they do a, they'll do a floor plan. Um, and uh, so, you know, you'll hear some of the, the major dental supply companies say, we do office design. Well, be very careful with that, okay? I know from personal experience, having worked for them, um, ultimately they are going to be responsible for anything you're buying from them. Understand they're providing it as a service in exchange for you buying stuff from them, right? But they're not going to want to take responsibility for stuff that you're not buying from them. And uh, so... You, you're going to do something. I mean, always remember, you get what you're paying for, or even more so, you get what you're not paying for, right? So, um, so, but that's in, that's in a two-dimension. I mean, they might be able to give you a 3D, but understand, they're not building the building around it, right? They're, they're there to help you space plan. That dental office uh, designer is going to help you plan the space, make sure it's got the right flow, make sure it has the right spatial elements, uh, for the operatory. So stuff's not too far away, they can't get to it, but it's not too compact that it restricts the, the dentist or the hygienist from being able to, to do what they need to do in the operatories. So, you know, I always say number two on that list is, is having a good, experienced dental office designer consultant, okay? Um, at that point, then yes, we would, we would move to an architect. Um, if it's ground up, yeah, you don't have a choice. You need an architect. Um, you know, do you, if it's a tenant build out space, do you necessarily have to have an architect? Is it required? In some places, maybe, in some places, maybe not. But here's what I always tell them. If, um, uh, if you don't have one, I, uh, and you just hand it, if you just hand a basic, very simple floor plan to multiple contractors and say, give me a price, okay, um, then they're going to give you budget numbers, right? Um, but you're comparing apples to oranges. How are you actually comparing one to the other, right? What an architect is going to be able to do and working with that dental designer is going to be able to put together a construction package or a bid package. So if you choose to bid the pack, uh, bid the project out, 
and we'll talk about that in a minute because we're going to get to general contractors, but uh, using a bid process. But what that's going to do is it's going to make sure you're comparing apples to apples at that point because everybody's bidding the exact same thing, right? Um, and I, I tell people what you would spend with an architect is probably in most cases less than the nasty little word called change orders that comes up once you start the construction process. Because understand, you know, if it's not clearly defined on the front end, um, then you run the risk of your contractor coming back to you and saying, well, that was not included in the original agreement. So here's a change, right? Uh, and that, okay, so now we've got architects. So what's the next thing? Uh, that would be the general contractor that we were just talking about, another important member of that team. And so uh, what you need to what, what needs to be discussed early on in the process is uh, do you want to bid this project out or do you want to do what's called a uh, design build? All right? And uh, I can tell you my experience uh, as long as I have been doing this is that, uh, and I, I, I can show you on paper all day long, you will wind up getting a, a better quality product at a better price doing a design build than a bid process, right? Um, people naturally think if I bid it uh, that I'll get the best price. I run, you know, I, I give myself the opportunity to get the best price, uh, but... Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean you're getting the best end product either. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily mean you get the best price, right? Um, you, uh, the, the advantage of having a design build is you get that general contractor involved early on in the process so they can help you in making decisions. They can be part of that team um, with that architect if you have one and with, that, with your designer uh, consultant, uh, so that when you're trying to decide uh, what kind of flooring, well, they're going to be the most familiar with how much materials cost at any given time. Uh, so they might be able to say, okay, well, they can give you an idea. This is how much the, you know, this is, if you put, you know, uh, vinyl flooring in, this is how much you're looking at. If you're putting hardwood in, this is how much. If You, you know, so uh, they can give you suggestions and they can be part of that team in the design build process. And the way that typically works in a design build is they have an agreed upon percentage. So they bid out the plumbing portion of the contract or the electrical portion or whatever, and they, they can bring those in, discuss them. If you want to go to the extent where they discuss all of them with you before the selection is made, uh, now, some contractors say this is the plumber that I use, and, and I will, you know, I, I'm kind of like that myself, especially on the ones I'm involved in, because plumbing especially is the most crucial part of it. I want to know, uh, especially if there's medical gas involved, that that plumber's got experience plumbing a dental office. Uh, electrical is electrical. Uh, framing, sheetrock, that's all pretty consistent. But uh, But when you get to the plumbing portion of it, uh, that you can you can get yourself in trouble awful quick if you don't have uh, if you don't have a good experienced dental plumber. So uh, so anyway, getting a general contractor involved and and making the decision early on is your goal goal going to be design build 
or is it going to be to truly bid the project out? Now, what ends up happening is I get offices that are, I, you know, I get uh, clients that say they, that they want to do a design build, but then at the last minute they try and do a bid. And that really gets wonky because you don't have a bid package created. So uh, in, in most cases they, they try and bid it out uh, and, and shop it without doing that. Well, now you're, you're back to this comparing apples and oranges, and it's just like with your equipment. I mean, uh, when you start getting into the, the equipment, um, you, may talk to, you may talk to two or three different people where you're sourcing your equipment, and you've spent tons of time with one person really detailing all of the options that are available. I mean, you think there's a lot of options buying a car? Wait till you start buying dental equipment and all of the options that are involved with every little piece of dental equipment. And so you get a price. Well, it doesn't list all of the options on, on you know, your quote or whatever. And then you hand that to somebody else at a, a, you know, from a dental distributor and you're going to get a completely different price. You know, because they're going to give you the bare bones basic. One, they don't know what all you've discussed. And if you hadn't had that same long conversation again, they have no way of knowing. So it's not their fault. So um, so general contractors, does that make sense? I mean, so far with the with the general contractors. So we, we got to get them as part of our team. Um, you know, I always suggest uh, or bring up interior designers or decorators. I don't mean that to hurt anybody's feelings, but uh, we need to establish it on the front end. Who's going to be picking out colors? Is it a is it a spouse? Are you going to do it yourself? You know, what's your goal? And, you know, when I have that conversation, I, that's a great opportunity right then to say one of the best things that you can start doing early on when you start thinking about it. And I'm talking even it could even be years out. If you're perusing the internet or looking through a catalog or a, a, a magazine and you see something you like, whether it's a picture of a front desk or colors that are used, tear those pictures out, print those pictures off, get yourself a folder and start sticking them in there, right? Because understand, uh, whether it's the office designer or the architect or the contractor, all these people on this team, ultimately, our jobs are to help take what you envision in your mind and help it become a reality for you, right? Because none of us are working in there all day, every day. The doctor is, right? And so the more you can help communicate that vision of what it is that you're looking for, the, the easier it makes the job of all these team members to help you achieve that goal right and have that project outcome so but interior designer and decorator that's a you know that's another one um some people want to do that on their own hey i'm gonna pick my own colors you know some people depend on what their their ultimate you know goal is uh, hey just make it make it look nice uh, you know i want to go right now everybody wants to go with grays and whites <laughs> okay go with grays and whites and, and let me know when i can show up then then you have other people they want someone professionally to come in um, I have other guys, and they just want to hang dead animals on the wall, so, uh, which is probably what they would get if, you know, uh, if it was my office. Yeah. Um, so uh, another team member, uh, a real estate agent or a lease negotiator, um, and that's different. Once again, I mean, if you're talking about buying dirt and building from the ground up, 
uh, versus, uh, you know, renting a, a space in a, a strip center or build out, you know, someplace like that. Um, but the reason they are important, uh, especially a lease negotiator, is you know, some of the best advice I've always tried to give people is you drive by a place and you see uh, a place that you think, man, that would be a great spot. Uh, I always tell them, write the number down and don't call it, right? Because here's the thing. When Walgreens or Walmart see a space that they like, they don't call up and say, hey, this is Walmart. You know, I'm, I'm interested in that space at the corner of Walgreens. Because obviously the same thing is true with you. The minute you call up and say, this is Dr. So-and-so, um, man, the price triples, Right. Because, you know, whether you've been in business 20 years or whether you're right out of school, you got DR in front of your name. So that means you're, <laughs> you're made of money, right? Um, you know, forget the fact that you're still trying to pay off the debt from school. Yeah. So having someone on your behalf to go out and investigate that that's experienced in the local real estate market that knows what that should be going for, um, and then they can negotiate on your behalf and and – you know, the thing I see that, that uh, you know, doctors don't do on their own very well is understand how important they are as an anchor tenant, what, how much negotiating power they really have. And, and think about it, especially in those especially in those areas where you're going to have higher traffic for other businesses. Because, you know, you look at a center that might, or an office park or something like that, that's got, you know, five or six different locations in it. Uh, well, here's the thing. Most of those, um, you know, if you if it's an insurance agent going in, they don't have near the same, right? Because it's the same four or five people that are coming into that office every day, right? But with a dental practice, not only do you have the same staff coming in every day, but how many patients do you have? Different every day, Right. And the reason I say that is, is because that's great. Mar it, it, it gives in a lease negotiation or a strip center build out type situation. It, it makes it easier for them to rent or lease other spaces to other tenants because you're a good anchor tenant. I mean, you're, you know, the failure rate for dentists is less than one half of 1% last time I looked. So they're not going anywhere in the middle of the night. They're not closing up shop and leaving, right? But even more so, they're bringing all of this other traffic in to potentially use these others. So it makes it more it makes it more attractive for them to be able to lease those other spaces to other to other tenants. So that that's why I say a lease negotiator is is very important. Um, so a couple of other people that are involved, uh, a financing partner, okay. Um, uh, financing partners uh, could be a local bank. Um, it, it, you know, you could have private outside financing. Uh, you know, you have bigger companies too. Uh, I know, you know, Wells Fargo, uh, Bank of America, both have divisions that only lend money to dentists. Now, it's, it's changed a lot since 2008. Um, you know, it used to be they walk across stage and just hand a doctor a check. Uh, and say, go build a practice. So they, you know, they're a little, just like everything else in our society, it's, you know, they've, they've tightened the purse strings a little bit uh, so that they can, you know, uh, they want them to have a little bit more experience. But having a good finance partner 
Um, and, and the great thing about those, you know, like Wells Fargo, Bank of America, place like that is they understand more about how you're going to spend that money right now than you do. Um, and, and that's huge because uh, it, it can make that process a little bit easier. Um, you know, you can go to a local bank and, and some people have good relationships with local banks, especially in smaller areas, more rural areas. Um, you know, the downside to a local, you know, the smaller banks, um, they, you know, to them, a, a small business is a small business. It, it doesn't matter if it's a restaurant or a shoe store or a dental practice. Uh, they don't really understand, you know, what you're using the money for necessarily. So they're going to want a lot more information before you, you know, spend it. Right. Um, so but but identifying that finance partner, who it's going to be early on in the project, uh, you know, you don't want to get all these other people together, get everything ready. And, you know, you find the perfect space and you don't have your financing partner already in place. And then you wind up losing that piece of real estate that you want because you didn't have your financing. It took you so long by the time you get your financing in place. Um, having a, an accountant is very important because you want to know, uh, I mean, you're making some significant investments and, and you want to make sure that you're planning properly so that you're, you're getting full benefit uh, from a tax standpoint. Uh, you know, you're, you're going to have, uh, you know, you're going to have a lot of expenditures that you're going to be able to, um, depreciate uh, rapidly, you know, uh, through Section 179, especially with your with your capital equipment, uh, and then if you've got a contractor who understands, um, you know, uh, cost segregation, uh, where we look at uh, what types your your uh, you know plumbing and electrical and backing and certain construction components that go specifically to support that capital equipment, then um, uh, you'll be able to depreciate that as well. And uh, so that's something else that having a good accountant, having a, a contractor that's got some experience with, with cost segregation uh, are really important. Um, you know, I, going back to the, the dental office designer and consultant and having, you know, making sure we've got somebody with some good local experience, um, you know, having uh looking at demographic reports because i know i get a, i get a lot of calls from doctors looking at demographic reports hey what do you think about going here and you know even if i'm working with someone from a different state which i i do frequently um or a different area that i have not worked in for long periods of time we will reach out to people locally because there's questions to ask um you know, I had someone one time, we got a demographic report, we looked at it. And if you looked at the zip code of the space that they were looking at, you would have said, absolutely not. I'm not, it wouldn't make sense to go there. But uh, fortunately, I was familiar enough with the area, <coughs> excuse me, that I, I recognized they were on the far east side of that zip code. I mean, literally the opposite side of the street from where they were looking at uh, was a different zip code. And if you looked at all of the other dentists, I mean, if you just looked at the number of dentists in that zip code, you just said, absolutely not. But then if you, uh, because I was familiar with the area, I knew that every other single dentist was on the complete west side of that zip code, which was a major thoroughfare. And so... Uh, I, I mentioned that to him and we discussed that because the opposite side of the street that I said was a, a different zip code, 
that was all residential, all brand new residential, and there were zero dentists located in that zip code. Um, so what would have been a knee-jerk reaction to not go there because of the demographic report, because we knew the industry, it was totally different, and it made a world of difference. He ended up going there and has had a has had a phenomenal career. I mean, his uh, practice just exploded from from the get go. So, just another example. Um, and then later on, as we're we're getting into this, uh, I mean, yeah. Once we get closer, well, now you've got insurance. Uh, you know, you've got your insurance partner. Uh, you want to get uh, wealth management, asset protection in place. Um, you know, you've got to make some decisions on how we're going to purchase supplies and, and get ready for, for that. And then you start bringing your staff members in. So today I really wanted to concentrate on assembling the team for the, that big uh, project, that big construction project is what we're talking about. So um, I, th I see Andrew looking at me, and we're going to wrap up because I know we're all trying to keep these inside, uh, 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 you know, brief period. So you can see how quickly we can go in different directions. So we'll stop here today with assembling the team, and that's kind of the big team members. Um, as always, if you've got any questions for us, uh, I think that's what he's waving at me. If you've got any questions, send us an email to info at theprojectdental.com. And, Andrew, I'm going to turn it back over to you and Quinn. What else do we need to do before we say we're done? Nothing. I think just touch on there is a giveaway. We listed earlier in the episode, of course, how to how to enter. Yep. But well, don't forget, you want your free the, stool. Yeah, keep it on the front of your mind. We will be posting about it on all the social medias. So go check them out. Leave us a like and a follow. And Quinn, what you got? You got nothing. <laughs> Did you here. learn a lot, right? Yep. Okay. All right, guys. All right. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Project Dental Podcast. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing and check us out on all major social media platforms.